Welcome to Guarding Your Nest Egg Podcast. Coca-Cola recently announced that they're changing their Coke Zero recipe to taste more like regular, full-calorie <laughs> Coke. I'm just kind of wondering if maybe we should shoot a text or give the folks at Coca-Cola a call and remind them about their 1985 recipe change disaster and the campaign they had to launch to save their brand back then. New Coke made consumers so angry, cost Coca-Cola tons of money, lasted only 77 days. And by the way, I don't know what the kids are studying these days, but when I was in college, Mm -hmm. we studied that in marketing as one of the biggest marketing blunders of all All time. time. Like all time. And his name is notorious in that arena, too, for what not to do. Yeah, never, ever do this. And now they're doing it again. That's so odd. I remember as a kid, we hoarded classic Coke. Yes, people had it stacked up in their basements. We would go to gas stations and try to find it in the bottom of the cooler somewhere. And Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it was like gold if you found it. Because we were so afraid. (laughs) We wouldn't have it. I know. (laughs) It just proves new isn't always better. But there are so many new ways to invest our money compared Mm -hmm. to generations before us, even one generation before us, Mike. I mean, there's what, Bitcoin, meme stocks, NFTs. Mm And those are just a few of the confusing new ones that come to mind. But you help people age 55 and up. Should they stick with what they know or should they look into some of the new options that are available, even beyond what I mentioned there? Well, I think what not everybody, but what most people know, if they worked for a corporation or you know any company and that company gave you the opportunity to invest in the company retirement plan. And so that's typically a 401k or some sort of profit sharing, uh, maybe a 403b. It just depends on who your employer is. But it was the opportunity to set money aside pre-tax, have it grow pre-tax until you take it as an income at some point in the future. You know, most people, if you realize that you weren't going to have a pension from the company anymore and you were given this option, made contributions, unfortunately, it worked out pretty well. Kristen, we meet people from all walks of life who've over a 20, 30, 40 year period done very, very well since the 80s when these retirement plans were first offered mm-hmm. and they've grown as they should. And now they're in a situation where, OK, so I'm either retired or I'm about to retire. Now what? What do I do with this money? It's a transition. And so the advantage of those plans at work was really just the ease. The money came out of your paycheck before you ever saw it. It went and got invested in markets and markets grew significantly over time. Now we're faced with market volatility. We're faced with COVID and new COVID fears. We're faced with inflation. We're faced with politics. We're faced with potential increases in taxes. I mean, all of these things. And people are looking at their portfolio going, well, hey, listen, I mean, particularly this weekend, they're going, well, despite all the volatility of last week, um, I'm still higher in my portfolio than I was a few years back. Mm -hmm. And what should I do about that right now? Uh, Should I pull my money out of the market? Should I stay committed? Well, if you're in one of these retirement plans through work, you have limited investment options. By design, they, they, they want to make them as easy as possible to invest in so they don't complicate it with too many options. The other thing is there's no active management. So there's nobody typically to sit there and say, well, things look like they're going to be pretty good moving forward. You should stay committed to your current plan. Or, hey, things look like they're going to be terrible moving forward. You should move that money into something conservative. And so people, all they really get is a 24-hour news cycle, which by design scares people. And we have to find a way to navigate the emotion, navigate the back and forth and know when to be committed to the market. And again, if probabilities are high that markets will do well, we want to be more committed. If probabilities that markets are going to do terrible are high, then we want to be less committed. And so that's where active management comes in. As you get closer to retirement, you do start wondering 
What are my choices? Where do I turn for insight about this? Connect anytime, guardingyournestegg.com. A couple recently reached out to our team with what sounds to me like an excellent retirement plan. So he's 60, retired from the military, and now works for another branch of government. I'm sure he has some great benefits there. His Mm -hmm. portfolio is worth about $1 million, and his wife is still working at a job she loves as well. They're both happy and they're excited about their future together. But like everyone else, they reached out to our team because they want to make sure that they're going to be okay, that they have enough. Where do you typically start the planning process with a couple like this? Well, and and again, that's pretty typical. Not everybody that we work with had a military background, but a lot of the people that we work with or families that we work with uh, did. So in this situation, what we know about them is that military, there's typically, if you were in a branch of government for a long enough period of time, there's income, there's a pension there. Mm -hmm. So it's one of the great things about our military is the ability to earn the pension, but then also the ability to grow funds in a retirement account. And now with this particular couple, what we're doing is having a conversation about not just how the money is currently invested, but what their goals are long-term. And when I say long-term, it's, well, how much income are you going to need in retirement to maintain your current standard of living, adjusted for things like inflation and taxes moving forward? So when we're working with a couple that has a combination of pension income and then Social Security income, we're going to take a look at first at how much of their total needs is that going to cover in retirement? In some cases, that income is substantial enough to cover the majority, if not all, of their income needs. And in that case, we're going to take a look at the portfolio, and I have a portfolio worth in excess of a million dollars here. Again, this is just money that he's set aside that's been growing, tax-deferred, and we start to get concerned about things like taxation down the road. Mm -hmm. Because if they don't need distributions, from that retirement account, then the money just sits there and grows until they're forced to take distributions for RMD, requirement distribution at the age of 72. And so what I'm looking at is I'm going, well, I wanna make sure that when those distributions are forced to be taken, it's not pushing them in a a tax bracket that's Mm -hmm. unfavorable because those distributions can get really high. So by the time you add social security income, pension income, requirement of distributions, and you're getting taxed at a really, really high level, it becomes inefficient. So with this particular couple, again, it's not everybody's situation, but with this particular couple, we're spending a lot of time looking at what's called Roth conversion. So how do we take uh, the money in the portfolio that's going to be taxes ordinary income when it comes out, how do we convert that to Roth so that it doesn't have to be taxed in the future? Also, so that they're in a situation where they have to take a requirement of distribution in the future. And so that's financial planning, that's tax planning, that's estate planning. It's all of those things in one, Kristen. But I'll also point out that you know often we work with individuals that don't have a military background or right. who aren't going to have a pension in retirement. Their situation's a little bit different. So maybe a Roth conversion doesn't make as much sense in their situation as it would for somebody who has a pension income. Everybody's situation is different. Everybody is unique. And again, I talked earlier in the program about how much I love my job. It's that ability to sit down with people, talk to them about their concerns. Kristen, we still get people in the office who you know bring in their statements, they're apprehensive. I had an appointment last week, a gentleman and his wife, great people. And the first words out of his mouth is, I know you're going to think I made some really stupid decisions when it comes to investing in Mm -hmm. the past, but I just finally had to come in and sit down and talk to you. And um, Chris and I, that always hurts me just a little bit. I feel like maybe on the radio show, 
we didn't come across clear enough to just say, hey, listen, what's happened in the past when it comes to investing? Just because I do this for a living and just because I sit down with a lot of people and have these conversations, it doesn't mean that what you've done historically is bad. Now, he was concerned because he's been very, very conservative, right, in the past, mm-hmm. uh, really pretty much his entire investing career. And certainly in the past 10 years or five years when markets have been going up and up and up. And with the benefit of hindsight, he can take a look at his portfolio and go, well, gee whiz, if I had not been in these uh, conservative investments, I would have done a lot better. And he felt like I'd be critical of that. And here's the thing, after our conversation, we got to know each other a little bit. And he was like, listen, I wish I would have done this a long time ago. Mm-hmm. It's been great talking to you. You know, he, he didn't feel awkward, but he's a conservative investor. There's nothing wrong with that. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to sit down with him and continue to have conversations about conservative options that are available that may be paying more than the bank that's not paying very much, right? Mm-hmm. So whether you're conservative or aggressive, uh, whether you have a pension or you don't have a pension, the financial planning process is a little bit different for everybody. Mike, overall, Wall Street has been making us happy in the last year or so, with the exception of some volatility in recent days. Not a big deal question here. What are your thoughts on the outlook of the market for the rest of the year? <laughs> oh, so you want me to tell you what the Dow's going to be at yeah. on December 31st of 2021? Do you mind? Okay. <laughs> Well, rest of the year, what are markets likely to do? Literally, I'm having that conversation, obviously, every single week at the office, and people are asking us the same question. We've got a lot going on, Kristen, and people are concerned. Obviously, you know, inflation's in the news. That is an issue, but the economy has to do really, really well moving forward for inflation to continue to be an issue. We've got some good things going on. You know, companies are doing well. Earnings have been good. Consumer confidence is high. But now we've got this Delta variant for COVID Mm -hmm. uh, that's becoming an issue. And it's created a lot of volatility in markets. Now, you know, I would just, I guess, challenge our listeners to take some time as you're looking at this volatility. I know that uh, the world is opening up. I know that things are getting better. But we have to take a look at not just what's likely to happen next week or next month, but towards the end of the year, which was, you know, your question. And I think because confidence is high, I think because people are going out and spending money, I think because people are traveling, you know, I don't know that the world is ready for another shutdown, even if there is a Delta Mm -hmm. uh, variant. At some point, we all have to get up and go back to work and live our lives, even if there is a a variant out there to COVID. It just, it has to happen. It can't shut down forever. So markets are probably going to do okay, at least for the next quarter, hopefully through the end of the year. We are watching that really, really carefully. I'm not saying there's not going to be volatility, but when consumer confidence is high, when people are out spending money, when people are going back to work, when states are you know open now, it probably looks pretty good in the short term. But again, what's happening is not sustainable. Uh, housing prices can't stay as high as they are. Car prices can't stay as high as they are. Uh, the price for a hotel, if you want to stay on the beach somewhere, can't be as high as it is. You know, all of mm-hmm. these things, it's not sustainable, and it's reminiscent of 2008 when things seemed really, really good. They just seemed too good to be true. And now, if you're selling your home and you know you're getting way more than your home's worth, I mean, you know you are, right? Mm-hmm. It should seem too good to be true. I sold my boat the other day. I got way more than it was worth. You were on cloud uh, nine about that. Too. Uh, yeah, well, I was just like, hey, uh, this is nuts. But if you want it that bad, you can have it. But but what I realize is that's not sustainable. And anytime right. it's not sustainable, you know, it feels nice for a minute. But take a couple steps back and apply that to your portfolio, apply it to your personal economy, apply it to your retirement plans. You know, what are you doing about the fact that it's not sustainable? And again, that's my opinion, I shouldn't say fact. My opinion is not sustainable. 
And I think it's going to get pretty ugly in the future. And ugly means different things to different people. For me, ugly is markets crash, economies crash, and all of that. But we want to take the time to protect our clients' money because if we're protecting money and let's say we're not in the market next time markets crash, that's an opportunity. You know, mm -hmm. so, so really, really bad things create opportunities in the future. But you have to have a plan in place to take advantage of this and also protect yourself from loss. This is Guarding Your Nest Egg with Mike Lester. Catch up and interact with the show anytime at guardingyournestegg.com. Mike Lester is a registered representative of and offers securities through World Equity Group, Inc., member FINRA and SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Investment advisory services offered through Retirement Wealth Advisors. Talent Wealth Management and Retirement Wealth Advisors are separate entities and are not owned or controlled by World Equity Group, Inc. Mike Lester is an investment advisor representative of Retirement Wealth Advisors Incorporated, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Talon Wealth Management, Retirement Wealth Advisors, and this radio station are not affiliated. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with professionals specializing in the fields of tax, legal, accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer to only fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are not offered by Retirement Wealth Advisors. Florida license number D056341. California license number 0N00828.